Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to SEC Football Live here from the 440 Sports Network and that SEC podcast. Michael Bratton, Braden Gall here. Go over to the YouTube page that I've got, by the way. I know everybody here subscribes to your page, Michael. Great content every single day. Uh, but if you want to head on over to the 440 Sports YouTube page, we have game previews that are up with Stephen Lassen and myself. I know a big fan of uh, of your, your big fan of Stephen Lassen. I've now mentioned his name twice on the show, which means you can't say his name. So uh, how are you, big guy? Good to see you, man. Oh, doing good. My time in the woods is coming to the end. I couldn't be damn happier. The only <laughs> downside is, you know, the, that means the season is coming to an end. But yeah, yeah. plenty of great games here to close out. And now and what appears to be not, nothing finalized, of course, but it, it appears we're going to get one hell of an SEC championship. Last year was kind of a dud. So I, I think this, this year is going to be an epic one. I, so we can start there. I was going to start with MIZ. And, and start with Missouri and, and say that even in a defeat on the road at Georgia, I think they proved that they belonged in the game. They looked like a like as good a football team as I've seen in this conference. And I just I was going to start there. But I think you're right that the main point and people are already talking about it here. And this is not meant to be disrespectful to Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, Tennessee, plenty of good football teams in this league. But the only one that can beat Georgia this year is Alabama. And Alabama keeps getting better. Uh, we're going to get to the hit on Jaden Daniels because I wait I'm a sort second. Of, did you say I'm sort of confused on it? Did you say Alabama's the only one that could beat Georgia? I I think so. They keep getting better and better every single week. Uh, Jay, they, they are better than Texas. They are better than Texas. And I can oh make, Alabama yeah Alabama keeps getting better for sure. Alabama keeps getting better every single week, and in a year that's doesn't have that 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 Joe Burrow dominant LSU team. It doesn't have that Georgia dominant team. It doesn't have that Trevor Lawrence dominant team or even the Alabama teams from 11 and 12 and 2020 in a year that's much more wide open for the national title. Wouldn't it just be a motherfucker if Nick Saban just took a ragtag bunch of three stars <laughs> and, See, and, I, I and think built Ole Miss, them up to a national championship? I think Ole Miss could beat Georgia. And I'm starting to come around to Tennessee as well because they're playing better and better every week as well. So and... two, two, two questions for you. Mm -hmm. One is two things I wanted to get to on the show this week is a lot around Alabama and some of the, how many teams in the SEC have gotten better throughout the course of the year that are playing their best football right now today. And I, I think Missouri has been at the same level the entire year. I think Alabama is playing its best football right now today, but I think I could argue Tennessee. I think I could argue Tennessee has gotten better throughout the course of the year, certainly since the Florida loss. They have, they, they have, they to me have gotten better almost every week, and that includes a loss to Alabama. So I'm not, I don't right. disagree with you. I think Ole Miss has gotten better for the most part throughout the course of the year. So who's playing their best ball right now in the SEC? And, and take Bama out of the out of the equation, and maybe Georgia. Mm. Yeah, I was, gonna say, I was gonna say Bama. <laughs> and then I was gonna say Georgia. But uh after that, uh Ole Miss, yeah. Uh Missouri, Tennessee. I think I think those are the only ones really. LSU offense, but that's not a <laughs> defense, a different story. So yeah. Uh I, I think those are in help, maybe even Arkansas. <laughs> I, I I was kidding about the, the Bama three stars, by the way, Bo. Um, no, I just I just think that it would be, wouldn't it be just the most god, goddamn Saban thing ever to just in a year where it's kind of more wide open with a team that's not that's clearly not as good as some of his teams in the past to take a guy in Jalen Milrow and make him and turn him into a star 
as the season goes along, they get better and better and better and better and better and better because they are five stars and it is Nick Saban. And all of a sudden, Georgia just sort of was Georgia the entire year. Like, I feel like Georgia's just been Georgia, which is pretty damn good, but just Georgia. And, you know, go into the Atlanta, beat Georgia, go into the playoff, beat some, you know, beat, a, beat an Ohio State team that doesn't look special or a Washington team that might be one-dimensional and all of a sudden they're in the national championship game. Like, I wouldn't put it past them, man. Yeah, but you know what's interesting about what you said there, and I, I don't disagree, but you're, you're saying this is not one of his better teams. Well, whose fault is that? And the staffing, who that's that's on him. So we can't sit here and, and on one hand and say this is a masterful job and at the same time say this is not one of his better teams. Well, why isn't it? it? That's on him. Is, I mean, it Josh, is it Josh Heupel's fault that Joe Milton's not as good as Hendon Hooker? I, I think um, you. I think you. You have to acknowledge that rosters change and that good players leave. Right, but he gets whoever the hell he wants essentially out of the high school ranks. His he got the two top players out of Georgia last year, who just they're just coming off back to back national champions. So we can't sit here and say, well, man, this is this ain't the this ain't Alabama of old. I mean, that's that's on him, isn't it? Well, but it sure as hell looks like it is. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I I think you're if you expect a team to be national championship good every single season, I, I that's never been done. No one's ever done that. Not, Saban's never won three. No one's Kirby's trying to do something this year that's never been done before. And there's a reason it's never been done before because it's really, 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 really hard. And he's not the only one who gets five stars at every position. So does Ohio State. No, no, no. I'm talking so Nick Saban. Georgia. Right, but he's never won three. No one's ever done that. And so it, it because rosters change, you lose the Heisman Trophy winner and the most productive quarterback in Alabama history. And then the guy who replaces him, who's never started, it was only started one game in his career, starts in the second game of his career against a really good Texas team at home and, and happens to lose and then gets to the gets so, so much better as the season goes along. That's Nick Saban doing his job. Like, I don't I don't I don't see why I don't see how that's a knock. Like, I don't I don't understand. Well, I just don't think you can use the argument that this is not a not his best team, not his best coaching staff when he's solely responsible for who's on the team and who's in his coaching staff. That's all I'm saying. But to your point, I don't know if you've seen this stat, Braden. Ole Miss, A&M, Tennessee, and LSU. Yeah, I'm the one who fucking tweeted it out. No one credited me. Alabama outscored them 82-13. Second half. Yeah, I'm that's, the one who tweeted that's, it out. That's championship football right there. Nobody credited me. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not. My feelings aren't hurt though. It's fine. Um, what was it? Twenty? Was it seventeen to? Was it seventeen to three against LSU? Twenty-seven nothing against Tennessee. Um, they have dominated in the second half in those games against all the best teams. They've dominated. I think they would be favored, not heavily, but I think they'd be favored over Texas right now, pretty easily. I talked to some folks in Vegas, probably a four or five point favorite over Texas, which again doesn't mean anything, but it it's just sort of a. I think they were favored last time too. Yeah, favored by seven. Uh, again. Is Alabama the same team as they were in week number two? I and mean, they're not. They're clearly better. And I think they're capable of beating Georgia. It's the first time I felt that way in the entire season. I've never felt that they were capable of beating Georgia. I thought Ole Miss or Tennessee could do it. But this is the first time I felt that Alabama could go into that championship game and 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 win that game um, playing their own style because they've got Michael Vick at quarterback. <laughs> and, and Tommy Reese, for all of his flaws, he, he's been hinting at this. And he, like... The guys hit deep shots. He's designed really good deep shots throughout the course of the season. And he deployed the quarterback run as we asked him to in the biggest game of the season. And Jalen Milrow had an extraordinary, extraordinary game. Like we'll get to Dallas Turner in a second, 
I'm, con- I'm I'm confused about Dallas Turner and Alabama fans, but I, I don't know, man. This is a team that it, it just would be the most Nick Saban thing of all time to win a national championship or knock off Georgia with a team that he had to work extra hard to get to to maximize. And I don't see how that's a, somehow you blaming him for that. Like I don't understand. Like sometimes you have a young team, so. Mm. And Michael's right. My, Michael was right here, by the way. Maybe the bad LSU defense is messing with my brain. But you know what? LSU beat Missouri on the road, and I just saw Missouri play Georgia on the road in Athens, and they looked largely equal to Georgia, in my opinion. Yeah, but Missouri's better. I'll spin it back to your argument. <laughs> They're better today. Than Al- no, that's a, than good, Alabama? that's a good point. No, than no. they were when they lost oh, to LSU. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, would, that would be how I'd spin that, but... No, I mean, I, didn't, didn't you see a Missouri team? And then we're bouncing around here, but didn't you see a Missouri team that just looked like a completely good football, like a complete and good football team, like we said last week on the show? Like they're just yeah. they're just a good team all the way around. And some and, help, uh, some questionable calls. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I mean, there was questionable calls. I don't think that cost Missouri the game, but it sure as hell didn't help. You know, Missouri also got a couple of 50-50 PI calls on their their side as well. So I I, I think the questionable calls thing goes both ways, which I guess we can get to the Dallas Turner hit. I, I'm confused by Alabama fans complaining about, or, or LSU fans, excuse me, complaining about the refs with the Dallas Turner situation. Like it, it was, it was a penalty. Yes. Mm-hmm. He absolutely should have been ejected. Yes. He did the same thing to Quinn Ewers last year. Like, I, I don't disagree with any of that, but how does that change the game? I don't understand how that changes the game. Like Jaden Daniels doesn't all you you kick Dallas Turner out of the game for a t- targeting, right? Like you you review it and you kick him out of the game. That doesn't bring Jaden Daniels back into the game. Like I don't I don't understand. I'm confused. People were like, "Oh, the refs are in Alabama's pocket. The SEC's trying to get Alabama into the championship and like all that same old bullshit." And I don't understand. Like they called it a penalty. Hmm. Am I am I am I missing something here? Like I'm conf- I I'm genuinely confused. Uh, I mean, I, it, when you define targeting, I, I feel like that that's targeting. Yeah. Okay. That, but they didn't call targeting. Well, but they <laughs> called it a penalty. It was a 15 yard penalty. Right. And they also, at the same time, I don't know why no one talks about this. They just obliterated the receiver. No call. Same okay. play. Okay. And then so, how about Jane Daniels? Uh, last possession, first half, they, they, uh, okay. Just, they pulled him down from the back. No stick penalty. With tar- stick with the target. We, we got a, a, a less egregious one against Jalen Milrow on third down. Oh, well, no, Harold Perkins. But, Harold Perkins was more egregious. He grabbed him by both collars. Uh, stick with just the Dallas Turner penalty here. I don't. I'm what I'm trying to understand. Well, you're you're saying how how is this just slanted? Why why is, why was everyone talking about the rest? Because this play after play after play, same play, no penalty here, penalty there. The classic targeting. You, you, you we, no, not lazy. targeting. Not targeting, lazy, not lazy at all. Motherfucking fans, you let's lazy just, Let's just let them blast a quarterback in the face. It is, I'm with, okay, I'm not disagreeing with the targeting. He should have been ejected. How does that change the game? I don't understand. Jaden Daniels is out. He because could not without Jaden Daniels, LSU's probably like six and six. And with him. Okay, but he's not going to get healthy. one of the best healthy. teams in the country. But he's not automatically healthy. If, right, if there's got throw we, Dallas Turner out of the game, like I don't understand how that. Well, this what, is why the understand. NFL protects these quarterbacks because they're so valuable to the game. And and as soon as you uh, disable one, I mean it's deep on the refs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean 
That's funny. I don't want to see it, but I mean, my God, what what's going to happen next year? I mean, LSU may be looking to hurt Bama's quarter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like that aspect of it. I completely agree with you. I am not arguing with you on that or any of the fans. Like, he should have been kicked out of the game. There's no question. Should have been kicked out of the game. I watched the Rutgers Ohio State game and right. the and the Ohio State player. The, the play that changed the game, the guy runs, the safety runs up and hits the running back right in the head. And there's no, there's no penalty called. I, I don't think the refs are in the pocket. The SEC, Greg Sankey's not like, Hey, head of officials, uh, make yeah. sure you call all the penalties on LSU. Do you realize how stupid that is? It is impossible for that to uh, be a thing that happens. No, I, it is impossible. I mean, that, to, that, it's impossible. It's that, impossible. I, that I would agree. But other things I think are, are, egregious and no one calls them out like Alabama having to go to Kentucky let's make that a noon game you know the COVID year who'd they give Saban right out the gate they gave him first year drink who'd they give Georgia first week out first Sam Pittman Florida was really good that year let's give them Lane Kiffin you hate you hate Nick Saban so much it's okay it's it's okay just just admit it just admit it enabling the teams that are going to win a championship and they don't they don't do anything for the no that's that's the big 10 (laughs) <laughs> but to, to your point, Big Ten's doing yeah, that with that Michigan. play. That you know what decided the Alabama game. I mean, this is obvious. I thought is, is LSU's piss poor defense. And yes, Dallas Turner, the, the really good play he made when he tipped the pass and Bama intercepted it. You know, in a game where defenses were struggling to get a stop, a turnover was huge. That those are the two things that define that game. Not not a quarterback getting, no, I, getting I, hurt. I, I'm okay with saying that the reason the LSU Tigers lost the game is that Jaden Daniels couldn't finish the game. I don't know how throwing Dallas Turner out of the game makes Jaden Daniels healthy. I, I don't, Rory, you don't make any sense, dude. Like, I'm not trying to be rude here. It absolutely matters if the quarterback misses games. It was absolutely a targeting penalty. He absolutely should have been kicked out of the game. Okay, all of that happens. Jaden Daniels still can't fucking walk. So, like, I don't know what the, like, is, are you saying that, that that penalty is affecting future games next year. And if you want to say that, that's fine. I agree with you guys. What if they I, lose to Florida this I week? Agree. I mean, okay. That, how, that's how on, does, that's how Dallas does Turner, ejecting, how does that? <laughs> yes, you're correct. But how does Dallas Turner being ejected make Jaden Daniels healthy? I don't, I don't understand. He should have to sit out till, uh, Jaden Daniels is back. That's, that's kick him, new, kick him out rule. for the whole season. That's great. It doesn't change the fact that Jaden Daniels' head is a fucking ball of mush right now. Like I, I it doesn't. Well, it, it doesn't would maybe get sense. get those hits out of the game if we if we actually penalize people for for doing them. The, God, Rory, I agree with you guys. I agree. Kick him out of the game. That doesn't change Garrett Nussmeyer. So Dallas Turner's off the field. All of a sudden, Garrett Nussmeyer is going to go fourteen of fourteen and lead touchdown drives. Is that what's going to happen? I think he was scared to to get his head hit if he had a good pass. What are you, you know guys what I mean? talking about? Use it makes sense if you think about it. It makes sense. It, okay, I, I agree. The Dallas Turner targeting doesn't <laughs> matter to the outcome of the game. I agree. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, we're on the same page, then. Yeah. We all agree he should have been kicked out of the game. I, but what I don't, I don't, you can't then make the next step and be like, well, but if he gets ejected, Jaden Daniels is all of a sudden healthy back out on the field, running for hundreds more yards and winning the game. Like that does, they're not connected. Mm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he got hit illegally. He should have been kicked out of the game. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he should have been kicked out of the game. That yep. doesn't make Jaden Daniels healthy. I'm glad we agree. Dirty, yeah. dirty play there. I yeah, thought a million percent. I totally agree. And the fact that we've got evidence that he did the exact same thing to Quinn Ewers makes it even more obvious that he should have been kicked out of the game. 
and Jackson Dart multiple. Things. Sure, he's he, but that, but again, that doesn't bring Jaden Daniels back onto the field, which is the only way LSU can win the game. I'm starting to think Saban coaches him to do this. Who me? No, 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 uh, <laughs> Dallas Turner. Well, that's who knows about that. <laughs> Let's. I speculate. That's speculation. Yeah, speculation is fun. What Braden told me off air, it's true. Speculation is very fun. I, I did, didn't I? Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, uh, again, I think once you start to work your way through this, uh, I Tennessee fans did this with Alabama a couple of weeks ago. Tennessee got their ass kicked in the second half, not because of the officials. Like blaming the officials is the dumbest, weakest, softest, laziest thing that anybody can do. Dallas Turner should have also been. But ejected. the officials were bad, so, and I think the officials They're need bad to in every be. Game. They really are. They're awful. That, I think you're. Florida I think you're game, right. Florida, I, Arkansas. They damn near cost them the game. Well, how many Auburn, Arkansas games have been decided on bad calls by the refs? I mean, I I agree yeah. with you. They they need to be better. There is the zoo, no question. Georgia about that. was awful. Uh, there was an awful call against Georgia too. I just, I I think that they are bad. They need to be publicly evaluated better, and they need to be paid full time. <laughs> they need to increase the evaluation of them. Make it public. Make it transparent. There's lots of things we can do to make the refereeing better in our sport. Should we be no refs? argument? Maybe there. we maybe we can improve upon it. Clearly, y'all don't fucking know shit. <laughs> so. I can't see very well, but I think I could do a better job than them. I <laughs> I'd like to see uh I'd like to see Larry David ref ref a game. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Me and cousin have, Shane out there. Have a latte Larry up there. <laughs> yeah. It's officiating. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Uh, so I wanted to ask um, quickly last week, the end of some of these games and some of the quarterback issues, some of the decisions, because I, I do want to, like the Florida game, we'll get to a sort of a temp check on some of these coaches because the, the, these coaches are on this massive roller coaster. Sam Pittman, Billy Napier, Zach Garnett is a roller coaster of, of stuff. Um, I The end of the Florida game is absolutely comical to me. Isn't Graham Mertz correct? You have a first down with eight seconds to go. Isn't the right play to have your quarterback line the offense up and spike the ball when the clock has stopped? And Brandon, then, I feel and bad for these, these Florida fans that, ha- that have to sit here and defend Billy Napier just because, and we all do it, you know, when we got a coach that we, we want them to win and be successful. But my God, for, for a guy that's got an army of assistants and, and meticulous as hell, he, he does not know how to manage shit. I mean, that, and I don't know if you saw it after, but he's, he's blaming it on a player. That's, because that's not a good look. Well, not only that, but he has to do that, Braden, because he has a special teams coordinator that's an analyst that's not allowed to coach these guys during the game. So that's probably the guy that really made the issue, but he can't say that because then he's yeah. in violation of the rules. So who knows what the hell's going on? But the, but this is every single game they have, and this and this was not the only only miscue on special teams they had in this game. So yeah, uh, it, it cost them the damn game with a, a PAT that they they couldn't snap at one of. Arkansas's field goals, they had 10 men on the field. But, yeah, Graham Mertz is in the right. Eight seconds, you you clock it, yeah. plenty, of, plenty of time. And then they, you calmly walk your special teams out there and line up and kick a field goal with the clock stopped. But that should have been a runoff. Right? That that should have ended the regulation right there. They sh- should not have gotten that field sure. goal off. No, no, I, I agree. And, again, if officials not being good doesn't mean they're on the take for a team. Right, like officials can be better. We can say two things here. Would you and, see what Sam Pittman said about it? I, yeah, I, I agree with him hundred percent. He said, "No, he's right. Good Lord, someone, someone, uh, you know, made sure that field goal didn't go through it." I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Justice was served. If you believe in karma, uh, the field goal missed on purpose. So, I mean, I just thought that it's like it's coaching malpractice for whoever, to your point, whoever's in charge. You you cannot like when the clock when they set the ball, clocks like this to me. This is football one on one. The clock is about to start. The only way you have time to get your field goal unit on the field is if the clock is stopped. And Graham Mertz is the only way to make the clock stop. And Graham Mertz saw that. Graham Mertz knew what to do, and so I, I don't know. It's pretty know. bad when, but, uh, by the, the way, congrats, Arca- is, has congrats a Arkansas. Better football IQ than your damn head coach. Well, to your point, who knows who actually said Spe- special teams, special right. teams, who's yelling it on the sidelines. I agree. <laughs> Their special teams have not been good the entire season, though. It's been like it's been bad. Um, I imagine Napier, should they finish, which, by the way, they're going to finish right where we said they would finish in the preseason. What I imagine happens is they're going to have to hire an offensive coordinator. He's going to have to reduce his duties on game day, and he's going to have to fire and hire a new special teams coach. And as long as he recruits well, he's clearly going to get another year to, to fix this stuff and see what happens next season. And if they if they make major progress, a la Kirby Moore in Missouri, which is exactly that's the exact same situation Missouri was in. Eli, no more play calling duties, hire a new offensive coordinator, keep recruiting, let's let you roll, and it's worked for Missouri. So it could absolutely work for, for Florida, but but Ted Ferguson says it says it right. Uh, that point spread went from six to three the second Vegas saw those black uniforms. That was all the black <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> the Vegas was like, that's worth three points right there, at least. Um, those uniforms are hideous, absolutely hideous. They're not as bad as the – do you remember the gator green ones? That had the scales on them and stuff. Oh my god! <laughs> do you remember Unfor- those? Unfortunately, I do. I do recall those. They should they should wear those more often. Um, all right, you want to get into? And by the way, that's a really good win for Sam Pittman. A very important win for Sam Pittman to go on the road and win that game. And I, I, you and oh, Stephen were, were talking. I thought you were referencing the buyout when you said that. <laughs> you Are you Steven- aware of, of what happened there with the no, with his buyout? No, go ahead. It, if he lost out, and I well, I don't know if lost out. I think even FIU, if they just beat FIU, he would have a losing record as Arkansas's head coach. And the moment he's under 500, his buyout's cut in half. So by winning that, his buyout stays mm. where it is now. So, so I mean, they could still fire him, but it, it would cost them a lot more. And the speculation out of Fayetteville that I was hearing was they didn't have um, – the urgency, I guess, or, you know, I'm sure they can come up with money, but they, they didn't want to pay that full buyout essentially is, is what I was told. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's plenty of, plenty of big money donors for Arkansas. That's um, just what the, that's what the word was. And, and a, you're right. But to your point, a win like that cools a lot of that talk mm-hmm. because he, he's a, I don't, you know, he's not elite by any means, but he's a perfect fit for Arkansas. He's his success is always going to be defined by his coordinator hires screwed up royally and he made the necessary adjustment and and you know i i don't know if this was what you were about to ask me but i but i do want to ask you what do you think kj should do because that, that's that is what i was going to ask you because I, I know i heard you and steven talking about it yeah and, and, it, and clearly he has not helped his stock this season and I, I don't think that's his fault i think it's the offensive line fault and i and the and obviously the former play caller so well he's the best thing about the offense so <laughs> i think every scout that right. watches that knows. I mean, I still love him, but but yeah, but I, I just he, he think was he never he, he was not an NFL prospect like I got top flight NFL prospect before the season. He was like a you take him in the fifth round because he's a great athlete, really talented, good kid. 
like smart guy. You take him in the fourth or fifth round, and then you see if you can develop him for a couple of years. And maybe he's a player, maybe he's not. Um, I think that that's always what he, he was going to be as a prospect. So now, and I think this is absolutely correct. If he can come back, and if Sam Pittman can keep him back, I think that's another. That's like beating Florida again. <laughs> like if if you be if you can win a couple more games. I threw again, up the schedule you, here, Braden. You th- you think they make a bowl this year? It, well, no, they're not going to win all three. But if they win both, if they beat Auburn and FIU, I, I think mm-hmm. Missouri is just really good. <laughs> I told you in the summertime, dog. What I if just Mizzou think, loses though to really Tennessee, good. and God forbid Florida? I mean, maybe I don't. Weird things happen in that Florida Missouri game, right? Um, I I I don't think they can win all three. I guess it's possible. Um, I would say that the most important thing he's got to beat FIU, then he's got to pull one more upset, one of the other two. And if he can, especially this week at home against Auburn, who can't score any points at all, if you can do that and keep and KJ like announces quickly after the season, like, hey, I'm coming back. Um, however, you need to make the cash work <laughs> to bring him back. Um, let's, let's not have your check bitch about it this time. Jeez. I, I think you got to bring if I'm Sam Pittman, I am making KJ Jefferson my number one priority. Absolutely, yeah. Tyler. NIL will matter to KJ to come back. By the way, KJ's big, big, uh, big fashion guy. Get him a Nike contract, okay? <laughs> Just get him, get him a Nike contract. So um, I don't know. Otherwise, if he goes into the portal, he'd be one of the most sought-after quarterbacks in the entire country. I, I could think of a few SEC teams that would that would want him. Uh, there's a guy he's playing this week. <laughs> there's God, a co- no, don't go to Auburn. Jesus. There's a coach he's playing this week that I don't think trash all the goodwill that you have bought. I mean, go come back, be a legend. I think I think there's the head coach he's playing this week that would threaten sexual assault survivors just to get KJ Jefferson out of the portal. He would, but <laughs> I wouldn't go play for that. The, the guy I got now versus that I guy. No, I wouldn't either. Give, no, give, me, either. give me Sam Pittman. Um, 10, on, Ten out of ten. All right, so we did a little heat check there on Napier, a little temp check on Pittman. What about Zach Arnett? Three points. The most uh, the most prolific passer in SEC history, and the offense cannot score 10 points mm. in conference games. I, I, I The only reason that there is a conversation around Zach Arnett and, and after one year of being the head coach is because of how he got the job. And that's it. Well, I, I heard this. So I didn't realize. Well, I guess we could have assumed it, but they are so far behind in NIL as well. It's bad. Which I guess, you know, like I said, you could have assumed that, but I heard that today. And I, I don't know who's going to take that job. I mean, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful because I think Mississippi State is a proud tradition and, and they have proven you get the right coach in there, you can win. But it's just getting tougher with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. It's just getting tougher in the transfer portal and NIL era. And when you were when you were already the stack the 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 deck is stacked against you, you know you hear all these names. A lot of these guys, yeah, Tom Herman. But can you even get them? Can you get? Um, uh, you yes, know, yes, you can. Uh, Kine, I think is his name, Texas State, who's who's got a fun offense. Can you get him? Is uh, that lot, GJ GJ Kenny? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to yeah. say his name, but former well, Tulsa quarterback. Uh, how about you know Lance Leopold? Like I don't, I don't think you can get a lot of these guys. I, I truly don't. I don't think you can get Leipold there because I think Leipold's going to have bigger opportunities. But to, let, let, let me, I, they, people say this all the time because you're absolutely correct that Mississippi State is the toughest job in the West, 
and it is probably in the new SEC. It's probably the fifteenth best job. I mean, Vanderbilt's worse, but it might be the worst job or the quote unquote toughest place to win. But but here's the difference in this is what people don't own, and I'm not I'm not putting you in this group. But when people are like, oh, who wants the job? Uh, think about what's the worst case scenario for being a head coach at South Carolina or Mississippi State or Arkansas. Chad Morris, Will Muschamp. What's the worst thing that happens? You get paid eight million dollars. <laughs> you get paid. You get paid eight million dollars over two years. You get fired. Then you get twelve million to not coach. What's the yeah. worst thing that can happen? Oh, you made twenty million dollars in three years. Your reputation is in the toilet, and you never get a shot again. I mean, Wait, I, where's, I don't think, where's Will Muschamp right now? He's I don't got think ring, these, he's got a ring on his finger. Well, that's because his best friend's a head coach. You know what I mean? Like, they're, I don't, I don't think these guys. Friends. I don't think they work. They think like that. Well, I'll just get bought out, and I'll be a damn joke. Where I mean, I think Chad Morse got fired from being a high school coach after just recently. You know what, what I mean? What like, what, like yeah, he's a damn joke. Yeah. Uh, now, an, another thing that's got to be factored in—that's that is. No one, I don't, I don't think has the answer to this, but they got a new AD who yeah. I could be completely wrong, but I, I don't think he's made a football hire. I don't, I don't know that for a fact. Cause I, I think he was like an assistant AD prior to getting this job. You know, who's it, it's going to come down to who he can get and, and maybe he's got connections and, and maybe he'll hire someone elite. And I hope, I hope they do, but can, I, I, can I, you put faith in him? Who's never done it to, to, to land oh, an elite coach, some, you know? Some some ADs hire elite coach. I mean, this is like hiring a, a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator for the first time. Sometimes you hire Bob Stoops, and sometimes you hire Jeremy Pruitt. So, like, you just don't know. But I, I think you are undervaluing how how rare the job is to be a head coach at, at an SEC school. I think, you're just, I think you're just generally undervaluing. Every coach thinks they're going to always win no matter where they go. So that they're all, they all think they can how win. How did it work for Joe Moorhead? I, he he made a fortune and he's still coaching. Like I, it, what I'm saying is, is that it's these irrelevant. jobs are, these jobs are so much better than you think they are because a, every coach thinks they can win. You're going to make a fortune no matter what happens. And you think you're going to go in there and you're going to do the job. And, and that's, that's why it's like South Carolina is an extremely difficult place to win, but it's a way better job than you think it is because again, worst possible case scenario is you make millions of dollars to not coach there anymore. And your reputation, you're a punchline with like podcasts like this. You're not really like, these guys are all in the same coaching fraternity. They all know that they know ball and they're all friends with each other and they all get hired somewhere else. Like they almost all survive just fine. Like, so, I, so where's Tom, Tom Herman right now? Is he at FAU? FAU. Yeah. So if he Tom Herman Tom Herman would bathe in sulfuric acid to get the Mississippi State. If job. he goes Mississippi State and he's fired in two years, he's never coaching again. In a, not enough. No, it's not true. In any capacity it's, it's as a head true. coach at major college, he's done. His reputation's done. Greg Schiano's bowl eligible. What are you talking about? Where, where, he's been fired he, like he's been fired like four times. Yeah, but it, keeps in, getting a job and he it, keeps making money and he keeps like I. I just think you're you're that's completely irrelevant though. Rucker, who who now do do Rutgers graduates watch Rutgers? You know what I mean? Like do, are, are there FAU fans anywhere? I What's don't think point? so. You're you're wrong about this. You're totally I think, wrong about I this. I think a guy like Tom Herman's trying to he wants to be a head coach that can win a national championship one day. Well, but he's not good enough. He's not good enough to if how you're not you know good that? enough to win because he's been I at mean, Texas and he wasn't good enough. Right, Lane Kiffin was at Southern Cal, and he wasn't good enough, you know. And then he had to go to FAU. Now he's at Ole Miss. He's knocking at the door of okay. uh, you know in, in a twelve-team playoff era there, of being an annual playoff contender. There are fourteen, soon to be sixteen, head coaching jobs in the world. 
in the SEC. 16 jobs. That makes them one of the most rarest commodities in all of sports and business. And you make a fortune doing it, and every one of them thinks they can they can do it. And almost all of them land on their feet coaching somewhere else. Like it, it's just it, these are just facts, dude. I'm not giving you opinions. Where's I'm Coach just Hill at? Where's Where's he coaching? Well, I, I don't cover up sexual assault, dude. It's different. You can't use you can't use Coach. Where's o. Jeremy Pruitt coaching? Jeremy Pruitt is is terrible. <laughs> where's uh? I mean, I can just keep going to Ch- uh, Chad Morris. Where's he at? You said he was fired from a high school coaching job. I hadn't seen that. I, I, be, I believe so. Uh, so. What was his buyout? Where's what make, where's what do you make about sixteen million dollars? Where's Brian Harson coaching? Where's Brian Matt Hart. Luke coaching? Again, well, Matt Luke was an interim coach. Where's Kevin Sumlin? I'm just going down the Kevin list. Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin's there's... getting D's. Kevin getting DUIs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. These people are ruined now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be ruined. I want to. Be, I want to be the next. Uh, you know, Josh Heupel. You know, where, where, where is someone is at? Um, oh shit, where is he at? He's a, he's like a coordinator up at like one of the Big Ten schools or something like that. But is that he? proves. But that proves my point. Like you, these guys all end up. Like Dan Mullen is just sitting back waiting for whatever whatever job he wants. He could be an offensive coordinator at a bunch of different places. He might be able to get a often he could get a head coaching job at a certain level of, of school. Hell, Mississippi State might is probably already called him. So I'm just saying, like these guys that get fired from these jobs, they they I don't feel sorry for him. My my bleeding heart does not go out to any of these guys that make millions of dollars and then get fired. How about there Rich Rod? All, I'd, I'd like Rich Rod. Yeah, Rich Rod, Rich Rod's one at big, big jobs. He he got fired from Arizona for malpractice and inappropriate conduct, and then guess what? He's a head coach again and almost beat South Carolina. No, I'm so, saying for so. for Mississippi State, that'd be a good hire. Yeah, sure. Just don't if you're. I just don't want my daughter to go work in his office. You know. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I like it when you just give me a, that's true. Um, let me ask you a question about Brian Kelly. Yeah, Butch Jones, awful, by the way, at Tennessee. Most most football coaches, I hate to break this to people, but most football coaches are they just get promoted beyond the point of competency. That's just what happens. Most of them just keep working and they keep getting promoted because they do good job. And then when they get to the point where they're not good enough to be at that level, they get fired and they go back to doing the job again. That's wonder, what happens. I wonder, can we get that job? I wish <laughs> it's dude. I worked with Houston nut for three years. And all he told me about was the buyout dude. I'm living that buyout life, Braden. We're just riding around. <laughs> we're just riding around Austin, Texas and Baton Rouge doing interviews. And he's just playing Michael Jackson on his phone with size 57 font on his phone going like Braden. I, I just live in that buyout life, dog. I think, I think that's him though. Trying to, trying to make peace with it. Cause I I've heard other interviews, man, where he said, I should have listened to Fulmer. And he told, he told him the advice he gave him was, Get back in as soon as you can, because if you probably you miss, you miss that window, it's gone. No, I agree with I agree with that. And and he but my point is that he is a very happy person. Yeah, he is a he is a genuinely. Oh, I would ha- imagine that's guy. a much better life that uh, he's a happy guy. living these wars in the SEC. Where... Uh, Houston Nuts never had a bad day. Right. <laughs> not even not even while he's filing a lawsuit against his former employer. <laughs> Still, I mean, just look at like Sam Pittman day. and Shane Beamer, who six months ago these fans would die for, and yeah. then they're, you know, not all of them, but. Can't coach, get get them the hell out of here. I mean, it's, These, it's a rough it's a rough life, I would think. No, I don't think so. These are grown adult men who know exactly what jobs they're getting themselves into, and they're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. They understand. If you, this is what I don't like about coaches complaining about the amount of work. Oh, the transfer portal. I've got to manage my roster a little bit more difficultly. I got to work harder. 
there, there's a million. Go be a different job, dude. You don't have to be a football coach in the in college football. You don't have to make millions of dollars to do this. There's a million other jobs you can go do. I don't give a shit about how tough your life is if you choose to be a football coach. I don't care. I'm I, glad I have empathy. You know, I have empathy. I have empathy we need, for we the need players. We need one of them. I have empathy for the players. Oh, okay. And I have empathy for people who put their body on the line for very little money. I don't have empathy for the highest paid person complaining about having to do more work. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Um, okay, let me ask you about Brian Kelly. I want to ask you about Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to take the LSU job because he wanted to recruit from a slightly bigger pond. Notre Dame can't recruit in the same pond that LSU can not uh, or, or Alabama or Texas A&M or Georgia, Ohio State. It's the reason Notre Dame's been very, very, very good but hasn't been able to win the biggest game against the best teams because they don't have the best players. LSU is supposed to be the place where he can get the best players. He's done a good job recruiting. I am curious. I mean, he's got a quarterback who's playing at the highest possible level. I know it's only year two, but this is a guy who's been around for like 15 years at the highest level in college football. This is not like Billy Napier, who's never proven himself at the power five level. This is a guy who's proven, but he's proven to be a 10 and 11 and one, 10 and two coach. I, I, I just am curious if Brian Kelly has that next gear. And I, I don't know. I don't, I, I think, I think very highly of Brian Kelly. I think he's a very good football coach. I, I, it's going to take him getting his own players in there, but can he, can he beat Kirby smart and Nick Saban consistently every single year? I have the same question about Josh Heupel. I, I just, I, I'm curious about the ceiling for Brian Kelly. What's your perspective? Are we bearing a guy who won a division in his first year? Or- no, I'm not burying him. I'm asking about his ceiling. I, I just said all I said a lot of very positive things about Brian Kelly. And who has he lost to? Three top ten teams? And any uh, any of those at home? Four, he's lost seven times. No, no, no. This season. I'm just talking this season. That's, okay. Well, he's that's, lost that's, seven that's games. What matters. He's lost seven games in two he's years. He's lost at Alabama. He's lost at Ole Miss. And he's lost Florida State on a new okay. in Orlando. All all very good teams. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, can he compete with the greatest of all time and the greatest right now? I mean, that's what I'm asking. I don't know if anybody can. So that's what he's hired to do, right? Yeah. I think that's what they're all hired to do. And they're all going to fail because they, they don't have the players that, that those two have, because those are probably the two best recruiters in, in college football, modern college football history. So uh, I think, I think, I think Brian Kelly's win as much as them. He may win one national title, but he's not going to win multiple like those guys have already proven they can. No, look, look, the the last two coaches to coach at LSU won a national championship, and they're both complete knucklehead bozos. So if Coach O and Les Miles can win a national championship, then I assume Brian Kelly can. So I, I'm, I, I'm my the answer is I think he absolutely can. I, I'm just curious if the, if it's worth asking the question or not. I'm not. I think very highly of Brian Kelly. I think he's a very. I, I think he's a very good coach. I mean, I think the odds against, I would bet against all of them to do it, but uh, or none of them in the SEC. I don't know. It's just, I think Texas can. I don't, I don't know if Sarkeesian can. I don't. I don't have full confidence think, in him. I think that's a great. I think it's a great. I think putting um, Sarkeesian with Kelly and Heupel, and those three. Yeah. Hugh Freeze is another one. Hugh Freeze has never been elite at coaching. He's mm-hmm. had he's beaten Bama a couple times, but he's he's lost to Memphis too. He, Hugh Freeze has never been elite. Brian Kelly's been much much better than Hugh Freeze. Steve I, Sarkeesian is ha, is I think more in the Josh Heupel territory. I think I think we got to throw Lane into that conversation as well. I, I think that he's been quite. I think he's quite limit, excellent. 
I think he's limited by his location, though. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee and, t- Tennessee and LSU win national rating the jobs. I'm rating the coaches, but I think he's got to be there. But wouldn't – I guess my point is, wouldn't he need to be at a bigger program to yeah, be Yeah, that's why program? he almost left for Auburn. <laughs> exactly. Because he knew the track record. You can, you can win it all there. You can win a tenant. You can win an. I'm, I'm talking about coaches at national championship caliber programs, blue bloods that have the the pedigree to do it. Ole Miss is unfortunately not there. Auburn is, LSU is, Tennessee is, and Texas is. And I think it's fair to ask. I think Lincoln Riley is another one at USC. James Franklin at Penn State. These are all guys that are very very good at premier jobs that haven't gotten through, that haven't broken through. Now Heupel's Heupel's different because he's only been there a couple of years. And. What about uh, how come you're not mentioning Jimbo? I mean, <laughs> well, he's already got the ring, but I think we've already kind of established that Jimbo is uh, Jimbo's already hit the ceiling, big guy. <laughs> I think he's hit his head on the ceiling multiple times. Yeah, mm. like here, you know, it's so funny. The thing I think about too, watching that game against Ole Miss, which was one of the best football games of the year, by the way. Like credit to Max Johnson for the beating that motherfucker took. He was so tough in that game. And kept getting up, and they kept coming back. Give credit to Ole Miss for what that was an awesome. That was just a totally enjoyable football game. Like yeah. Texas A and M is not bad. <laughs> like, like they don't have their starting quarterback. They were down their starting running back. They, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're one of their best defensive players. Punches a guy in the nuts, and he's kicked out of the game. Like, like, and they still almost win. Like they're not bad, but they're, but they're, but they're not good either. <laughs> They got a loaded roster. I tell you that. I, I, I think he is infinitely just—he's just going to be nine and three, eight and four the rest of his life. Like he's just eight and four the rest of his life. And I, I don't. When has don't he know. been eight and four? Has he has he ever done that today? And probably probably do it this year. Well, he's been better than eight and four. He's nine and one one year. So, yeah, yes, Bo, we need Mike Elko back. I agree. I don't. I think they're going to go seven and five. <laughs> you think they're going to beat LSU? Uh, they did it last year with a worse team against a better LSU team. L- LSU can't stop air, man. It's bad. M I Z, baby. That's right. Hmm. Um, speaking of the, you Jimbo want to talk Missouri? Can't win a road game though. I, look at I, what do you want me to say about Jimbo Fisher? That he's seven five. Okay, that's factually untrue right now, but it's possible. No, that that he will be. Okay, he might be seven and five. <laughs> all that all that matters is that he can't win a national championship. What if, what if he loses to Mississippi State this weekend without oh, with no Max Johnson as a 19 point favorite? <laughs> That'd be bad. It would be. Again, they're not bad. Like it, it, it takes a pretty decent football team to do what they did with your backup quarterback on the road against Ole Miss last week. Like that was a fun. That was fun shit to watch. That was a good yeah, game. No, that was a great game. It was fun. It was uh, uh, like good players on both teams, but Texas A&M should be better. <laughs> so, yep, they lose every toss up. They they don't. They have it's the culture, dude. Our magazine said it. Athlon Sports said it. Our our anonymous coaching report said it. You can see it on television. Their culture is bad. And then they brought in coaches that are just all bad culture people. I don't Perfect. understand. I don't understand. Two negatives make a positive, don't they? That's what I tell my kids. I tell my kids that all the time. (laughs) When they're fighting, I'm like, you punched her? Oh, you punched her back? Oh, now we're good then. Okay. (laughs) It's tremendous. tremendous. Uh, Missouri-Tennessee. Let's get to that game because it's by far the best game of the season, uh, of the weekend. 
and it absolutely will begin to define both of their seasons. Um, Tennessee has Georgia next week at home. I think Tennessee is capable of winning both games. I think Tennessee is capable of losing both games. I think Missouri is capable of winning out. I think Missouri is capable of losing multiple games. I think both of their seasons could depend on this game in terms of how we view them long-term big picture. Like they're both programs headed clearly in a great direction in the right direction with the right guys in the right positions and big picture. That's great for both of them, but whoever like 10 win season, this is the game. This is the game for both of them. And Tennessee is a one point favorite on the road. So Vegas is telling you it's perfectly even. I think if Missouri plays its regular game, they are the better football team. Wait, this is a better game in uh, Vanderbilt at South Carolina. You think? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, it should be a good one. I mean, Tennessee's whooped them the last couple of years, but they own they own the series. Missouri's a lot better uh, than, they, than they ever have been, clearly. So, yeah, it's gonna be a wild game. Uh, I I think, hmm, I think Missouri's better. I think they are too. But Joe Mentum, his oh, uh, friend, has coined. I'm not allowed to say his name. Joe not allowed to say his name has allowed. You know, it's unlocked something in Tennessee that, uh, you know, they found their identity. And now that they got Joe Milton's willing to run the football, it just makes it that much tougher to defend. And it's, for whatever reasons, open up the passing game. Tennessee's offensive evolution is as important to the future of the program as anything I've seen all season from the Volunteers. Josh Heupel's ability to evolve his offense and, 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 and make players better based on switching the scheme slightly in one way or the other, I think that is a huge, huge thing to prove to people in the conference. you yeah. got to be able to do that, and I think it's a big deal that he's showing that he can do it. Ten- Josh Heupel, that is. Right, so I don't know. I mean, if these – if they both play up to their their best game, I, I think I would take Tennessee. But – They've only won one road game, right? This entire year, and K- Kentucky, I don't think is very good. So, they both they both played about the same against Kentucky. Honestly, Missouri was probably a little bit better. They both were in Lexington. Mm-hmm. Missouri got down early, but then went on like a thirty-eight to seven run or something like that. Right. Tennessee kind of got up and just like stayed up the whole time. It's like a. I think like it's going to be a four quarter. It's going to come down to a field goal or something. I really I, do. I think it's one big mistake, one turnover. I just thought I I was so impressed with how Missouri composure wise handled itself against Georgia. None of those like you go get a D two running back and he's like not scared at all of Georgia. I, I just I love the way that they play the game, Missouri. Like I they, think, they Brady a, Cook totally composed. They're all I, composed. I think Tennessee needs to be concerned about. Um, these receivers though, because I think they could dominate them. I really do. So they're going to have to get after Brady cook. And I agree with that. He's not, he's not one that gets rattled really. Cause hell the, I mean, the fans are out on is that, you know, it's hard to get rattled after that when they want, once you bench and everything, now you're a hero. So this is going to be a Brady cook game. What, what does he do? Cause he's going to be under pressure. I would think all, all, cause I, I think that's Tennessee's only shot to, to I, stop him. If they both play their best game, I, I think I might lean towards Tennessee, to your point. If they both play their regular game, I think Missouri's the better football team. Like, the right, their standard sort of, this is what they are each week. But yeah. I think Tennessee's gotten better as the season has gone along. The question for Missouri is, 
Is it, is it, are we motivated by what we did last week against Georgia or is there a letdown after what we did against Georgia? And I think that's a really complicated, I don't that's, think Eli, that's, that's Eli Drinkwitz's job. I thought, I think the risk of a letdown is significantly low because last year, Tennessee, um, yeah, ran, Tyler's, up, ran up the score on them. I mean, there's and, a, they're, they've had Tennessee in the brain for a while. I, right. I agree so, I mean, how, how can you overlook a team that, that did that? You know, there I, was, I think it is human nature to exhale when your chance of winning a championship are done. I think it's human nature for 18 to 22 year olds to take a breath. And so what makes Nick Saban the greatest of all time and what makes Kirby the greatest right now is the ability to remove the human element from the game is to make the 18 to 22 year old compete at his highest level at all times. That is what makes the the greatest coaches truly great. And so if, if, if Missouri plays its best game, I I, I don't think Tennessee is going to play its best game. I think they're going to play a good game. And I think overtime is absolutely possible. I'll take Missouri at home to win outright. I think, but if they don't, if they are not there mentally, Tennessee could, Tennessee has messed with this program for a long time. So. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great game. You know, know, Tennessee is certainly heating up. Now, I think ten- I, mean, I think Tennessee is very dangerous. I think you gotta game. you know discount UConn because they're so awful. But I'm thinking more about the last two road games at Alabama and at Ten. I know they lost, but and then at Kentucky, they. I thought they would lose to Kentucky. They, I, I, yeah, I, I Missouri, don't know. Missouri's Missouri is going to try a new strategy this weekend by covering receivers for Tennessee. That's what they're going to they're going to try That's that bold. this weekend. That'd be bold. Jim Mora didn't think they should do that. Jim Mora, Jim Mora said, we're going to try something new at, at UConn, and we're just not going to cover anybody and see what happens. Didn't work, you know, but <laughs> that's what it was. How many snaps does Nico get in this one? I, I'm, dude, I, th- I saw him running. I saw him running and tripping all over himself, and I thought about you. <laughs> he looked great, didn't he? That touchdown. He does have some skill, man. He just needs to eat a few pork chops. But, man, mm-hmm. he's got some skill. Um, all right. So I got tennis. I'll take, I'll take Missouri at home, but I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, Mississippi at Georgia, Ole Miss at Georgia. I've been pointing to this one all season as the game that I'm worried about. If I'm Georgia, Vegas agrees. This is the lowest point spread of the season for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, 10 points at home. They basically won the East last week. They're going to be looking ahead, maybe to a road trip to Tennessee. Quidshaw Junkins. Can, can they run the ball on Georgia? Cody Schrader did uh, uh, to some degree. Brady Cook certainly did with his legs. We know Jackson Dart does a lot of that same stuff. I this is this is an interesting spot here for Ole Miss against Georgia. You know, if I may correct you, if Ole Miss wins this and Tennessee beats them next week, Tennessee wins the East. Uh, there you go. So you go. the East is not yet clinched. It now here's probably the will be Saturday, but 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 they they will know. They will know, though, because the Tennessee game, well, maybe it's not kicked off yet because the Tennessee-Missouri game is at 3.30 and the right, Ole Miss right. game is at 7. So they may not know the outcome of the Tennessee game at that point. But if Tennessee mm-hmm. loses, then I believe they if they win, they they clinch. But my point is is that they've beaten Florida. They've beaten Missouri. They're halfway through this stretch. They weren't challenged at all by Florida. I think the game last week against Missouri played out exactly how we thought. Missouri's pretty damn good, going to be in the game for most of the game, but Georgia just kind of, is just a little bit better the whole time. 
Like it never really felt like they were going to lose. I, Missouri's red zone defense, give them a lot of credit. Uh, Carson Beck got down there a lot and then they held him to field goals. Can Ole Miss do that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How about your point though, to, uh, you know, it, it, human nature, yada, yada, you know, let down all that. I, I don't, I don't think there's any expectations for Ole Miss to win this game. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different for them. It's, it's like the complete opposite of Missouri yeah. after, after losing and, and Missouri trying to win the East. I mean, they're not, Ole Miss can't, I, I shouldn't say can't, but 99% will not win the West because Bama would have to lose to Kentucky and Auburn and they, they still have to beat Georgia uh, and Doesn't that we, work against Ole Miss though, or is that? Are you saying they they play free and yeah, confident nothing. and fast? They got nothing to lose. No, no pressure. They lose by a hundred. It doesn't matter. No, dude. I think you, I, this is the. Re, I've been pointing to this game the entire season as like there's a four game stretch. They're going to play two physical games or tough games. One of them wasn't as tough. Florida, Missouri was. You don't have Brock Bowers. You're looking ahead to Tennessee. Vegas agrees. Vegas says that Ole Miss plays its best game. Georgia plays one of its worst games. It's a 10-point spread. Like that, that's the lowest point spread of the of the year because Vegas is telling you they think Ole Miss is going to play pretty well in this game. So I agree now, me, with you. I let me absolutely ask you this agree with though, because this this kind of <laughs> this may go against what I was just saying, but yeah, I, I don't think this would be the, this wouldn't be the mindset that they'll have at, at it at all at all. But if Ole Miss does the unthinkable and wins and they finish out strong and they finish eleven and one. And they, they don't go to the, the SEC championship and chaos ensues. Could Ole Miss? I, I think they'd be deserving. I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on who's there. But I wouldn't put them over any undefeated teams, I guess. But I have to imagine that the best win of the season at Georgia, uh, 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 I, I think they're they're a playoff team or borderline playoff team. Well, where, where are they? I mean, I mean, I don't give a shit about the playoff rankings right now. But if they were to beat Georgia as the number, let's call it nine team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in the rankings, you're probably jumping to five as a one-loss team. Now, you're boxed out by Bama, unfortunately. So if Bama beats Georgia, Bama gets in, Ole Miss maybe doesn't. Right. Let's say they uh, they don't. Let's say they lose to Georgia. And Georgia, So Georgia takes one spot. The, it, t- the question is almost always, the answer to these questions is almost always, what happens around the country? And generally, there is chaos. The, the, we, we rarely have more than one or two undefeated teams, if that. So maybe one Big Ten team is undefeated. Maybe Florida State is. The Pac-12 champion right now could be, but I doubt it. I doubt it. So the question is, uh, how many losses are there coming? Oregon and Washington still have to maybe rematch. Both of them have to play rivalry games at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Penn State and and Michigan play this week. So that's a potential, that's one more loss. Eliminates one of those two teams, potentially. And then Ohio State, Michigan have to play. Florida State's the one that's got the clear path. Uh, Texas is a team that I don't trust to win any time at any point in any game, but they could. We say this every year around this time of year. Man, look at look at all these ga- look all these teams are going to get in. There's going to be controversy, and then they all almost all of them end up losing. Yeah. I, I I think Oregon is the. It, it's funny. Uh, Justin says they need Oregon to lose again. That's probably true, but Oregon's the team that I think is most dangerous. I think Oregon was better. Than, I think they're better than Washington. I think they beat Washington in a rematch in the Pac-12 title game. So if they can figure out a way to finish the season without another loss and they get Washington in the Pac-12 title game, I think they win that game. I think Oregon is very dangerous. Hmm. I would I I think I I think Oregon has a better chance to make the playoff than Texas does. That 
I get. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't watch those those garbage teams. But maybe maybe you should watch really good football. I do college, every Saturday in the SEC. Oh yeah, yeah. Mississippi State, Arkansas, Auburn, South Carolina, Florida. I love watching those games. Okay, I, I would choose those I do, over I, I, Ohio I State, Michigan, oh, any day of the week. Stop. Stop. It's okay. I don't watch, I don't it's watch okay. Those games. It's it's okay to acknowledge that the SEC is clearly far and away the greatest conference that's ever existed, based on stats, facts, and every other metric you can possibly throw on the planet. And also enjoy watching Washington and Oregon. It's okay. You can do both. Well, you, you I've, I've seen you walk and chew gum at the same time. I've seen it. I know you can do it. Oh, because I I look at this as uh, any man that wears that hat on a podcast. Is, my this this it. is my livelihood. I I got to know what's going on at Mississippi State in Kentucky. You know, I don't. I don't give a two shits what happens at Oregon. They could be the best team in the country. I, I don't watch them. Uh, okay. But I know we train their quarterback. If not for for their us training their quarterback, they'd be garbage. That's what I that's what I have to say. Sure. And and and, the, Michael and, Penix, and, and no, he was and the, committed. He was committed to Tennessee. No, 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 no. See, you they, missed your they, chance. No, you missed they, it. They coached him up. You missed it. They not only trained Oregon's quarterback, they also built the head coach too. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll steal him back when we have an trade opening. The, you know, you know, you know, you know who might take the Mississippi State job? Dan Lanning might take the Mississippi State job. It'd be an upgrade over Oregon. No, it wouldn't. But you cannot say that nobody would take the Mississippi State job and then say the guy who's at one of the best jobs in the West Coast that, by the way, is now going to be in the Big Ten is not going to be good. Um, so Oregon, Oregon's awesome. Oregon's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, it's it's one of the few places outside of the SEC that kind of feels like the SEC. It's it's pretty cool. Um, how about Florida LSU not being an important football game at all? Oh, I think it's very important because if Florida does not win, they may not go to a bowl game. You know, so and, they're so they're right where we said they were going to be five and seven. And it, you know that it's complicated matters if Jane Daniels is not in the lineup. And you were saying that they're. You know, what? what is Brian Kelly? I mean, this will show us a little bit of, of who Brian Kelly is, particularly if his quarterback yeah. can't play, his, his elite quarterback that should still be a Heisman candidate, even though he got injured. I don't think that that's nonsensical. But, you know, it, it, a, when you're not saying he's a bad coach, but you're questioning, you know, how far can he take his team? How, I think he's I, a very good coach. How can you get this team up after a devastating loss? Because we've seen that from Les Miles and Coach O. You know, you lose this Alabama game, you don't show up the next week. It's it happens yeah. time after time. Now, yep. is yep. this a different story? So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of intrigue for that one for me. Because and and you know, as much but, as but I it like to, but it doesn't but it doesn't mean anything in the division race. It means all, everything. All I it means everything, brain. Because as much as I bag Billy Napier. These are the games where it seems like he does show up and he does win, and then yeah, you and then you circle the wagons and you say, "By God, we're building, we're building something special." So I I, I will say it's funny. I've talked to um, Booger McFarlane about this, like mm -hmm. how the you know we're gonna have like the three if we get to the three and six scheduling model where you're gonna have the three guaranteed opponents. Like a lot of LSU people will tell you, like Florida's not one of their top three. Like it, we want right. Alabama, we want Texas, Texas A and M, LSU is a way better rivalry. And then people don't realize how deeply that one runs. A&M and LSU runs that I-10 rivalry runs back decades in like baseball. And it, like, it's about transplants during from Katrina. Like it's people don't LSU. People will tell you, at least they told me that Florida is not the game that they value as far as a protected rival goes. And what's, what's interesting is that it's still the game that has the weirdest shit happen all the time. Right. Like this is the this is the one of the weirdest games that ever happened. So I like like while I'm watching it because I think I love watching all SEC games 
and I think there's a lot of intrigue for the coaches. I agree with you. It means literally nothing in the standings is all I'm saying. That's just a fact. So it means a lot for the coaches and for the fans. It should be fun. Vegas is telling you that it believes in Brian Kelly and Garrett Nussmeyer if he's the starting quarterback. Uh, 14-point spread at home. What does Florida have up its sleeve? Graham Mertz has been effective, and LSU's defense sucks. So, did you we'll do you have any idea? I don't know if you've looked this up. Um, the all time series between those two, what it's at? I would guess it's pretty even since '92, especially since they started playing every year. Yeah, all time, it's thirty three apiece. Yeah, so that's pretty. Cool. This game pretty does cool. mean something, Brady. It means all time supremacy. And how yeah. about this? I, I shared this all as well. time supremacy. Uh, like the, like the LSU, players have any clue that that matters. LSU has won four in a row over Florida. They've never won five in a row. So this this could be oh, a nice. All, I mean, again, nice. this game's got so much on the line, Brain. I, I, that's ridiculous. These comments that you're making, but I can't I, wait. I can't wait to watch it. This it one. is factually irrelevant to the standings. That's not. I, I don't I go by standings. It, I, I go didn't say by it wasn't interesting. Ball on Saturday. That's all that matters. All to right. Me. So you're taking you're taking LSU to win. You're taking Tennessee to win no, on the road. No, because I don't even know. Who's you're taking the George. You're taking Ole Miss to win it on the road against Georgia. You're taking Texas A&M with a third-string quarterback to lose to Mississippi State at home as a 19-point favorite, is what I've heard, and that you're really only watching Vanderbilt in South Carolina, is what I've heard. These, these are, this is all erroneous information. I've made no selections. You're picking Kentucky at home. By the way, you want to talk about an interesting point spread. Oh, boy. And Devin ten, Leary may not even play. Ten and a half points, that's it? That's it? I mean, Vegas. Vegas is just telling you what I what I've been telling everybody. I mean, Alabama Vegas is, is begging you to take elite. Alabama. They're not. They get down in all these games, yeah. then they make the necessary adjustments because they got an elite coach. But no, they're, they're just, not. They're not a national championship team. They're just likable, man. That's all. Yeah, they're just a scrappy, they're so scrappy likable. underdog. I guess it's the most. Give them a, just give them all the noon kickoffs on the road. Give them all the marquee games at home. No, we talked, Justin. We talked about Arkansas and Auburn. We talked about the winner gets KJ Jefferson next year. We talked about that. Yeah, it better not be Auburn then. <laughs> I will say though, to to their point, that game has been that game has also been batshit crazy for like the last five years. Like the and the refs have been bad in that game almost every year. But yes, I agree, Jim. Take the under for Arkansas and Auburn. I'm I'm with you on that one. How what's the over under on completed forward passes? <laughs> I Arkansas's cooking now, man. We got a new OC. Oh, yeah? We're gonna, we're going to be throwing all over the yard on Auburn. So, I over under completed passes. It's probably 22. God, in 2023. Okay, I'll ta- I'll, I'll smash that over. <laughs> Just. Just hammer the over. KJ Jefferson with 17 completions and Auburn with five. All right. We got exactly. to we got yeah. to twenty we got to twenty-three. All right. Yeah, I mean that that's a huge game too, man. I, I, I the, going back to I, this Bama Kentucky game is sneaky. We have we we should have brought it up earlier, and that's my fault. Uh, but that point spread caught me off guard when I saw it. Kentucky's defense, the Devin Leary comments from Stoops are really interesting. Like, oh, he couldn't read. <laughs> that's not, not a good sign. <laughs> Yeah. And, oh, I mean, but now, but now sure. he can. Now he can. Now he can read. It's okay. Now he's fine. He, he got back. He got. He put his spectacles back on. Yeah, he can read now. He couldn't read his wristbands. So we had to take him out. But they can't um, run the ball. I can't, if Kentucky can't run, they can't do anything. No, they won't be able to beat. But but again, I I assume what Vegas is telling you is that Kentucky's defense is going to play pretty well at home. 
they did. They are coming off their best, most complete performance of the season. Granted, it's against Mississippi State, but they have struggled in Starkville, and that was their most complete performance of the season. So you got to give them some credit for that. But if like your starting quarterback's banged up, and wait, you're I don't saying know. they don't scored know. 14 points? That was their most complete performance. Well, no, it was 24 to three. So. Right, but uh, seven seven of that was uh, pick six. You want to try the math again, big guy? So seven, yes. Yeah, I mean, seventeen. That's not a complete okay. performance. Was it their most complete performance of the season? Offense, defense on the road against the team that they struggle oh, with normally. In the Definitely road. Florida, wasn't it? Uh, probably, but that was at home. And the defense. Okay, that's fair. That's, I think Mississippi uh, okay. State is just okay. so bad. No, that's. I'll give you to you. You're, here's how. Here, you want to see how this is done? This is done, Mike. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wrong. You're right. See how that works. Yeah, well, I already knew that before you even said anything. But. You're obviously not married. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. Definitely you're not. Obviously not married. Uh, okay. Oh man, Stoops going to Mississippi State, according to Mister Turd Ferguson. Uh, I do like this condiment is made from mustard seed. <laughs> um, more likely to lose Georgia or Alabama this weekend. Mm, Georgia. Exact same point spread. Bam on the road. Come, exact same point spread. Bam on the road coming off a emotional win. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I think gonna, you're, I agree. I agree with you. I I'm just going to pick Alabama to dominate. Every, maybe that, maybe that'll flip it and, and they'll finally lose. You know what I mean? So, well, you've uh, been so right about Bam all year. <laughs> I've actually only been wrong one game. Well, yeah. or, or, or only pick against them once. Well, but the but the dynasty is clearly decaying. Undefeated I, I, in the SEC. <laughs> I certainly think it is. Yeah, I mean that's undefeated. A, a Haven't lost the game is, all year. They lost to Texas <laughs> in the SEC. Listen, I don't I don't think beat winning a West is a dynasty, but uh, maybe they changed what a dynasty means. <laughs> While Georgia's dominating the sport, but they're a dynasty. They like it rough, just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. Um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. If they go undefeated in conference and they go 8-0 in the SEC and they play in the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. exactly like we pre- I, I predicted, mm-hmm. and many of us, most of us at Media Days picked Alabama to win the West and to play in, and play in, in the SEC title game and to lose. The prediction, this is the same thing with Florida. The prediction on Florida was 5-7 and seven in sixth place. The prediction mm-hmm. on Bama was first place in the West, lose to Georgia and Atlanta. That's the prediction. So if they figure if they do exactly how what everyone thought about them, except for be, people who thought the dynasty was over, as long as Nick Saban is coaching, that dynasty ain't going anywhere. So, hmm. I guess a dynasty means something different to some people. When your chief rivals won three natties in a row, was uh, when the Patriots didn't win a Super Bowl for a few years, was like their dynasty over. I don't really watch NFL, so that's a bad, bad analogy. But yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I, but but why? What, like that doesn't make any sense. Because their chief rival is the better team. A dynasty is you. You are the team. Alabama's not the team. But right not now. every year. Alabama Georgia. hasn't done that every year. Georgia, Georgia hasn't done that every year. They've done it twice. Hmm. Oh, uh, Tyler, it, it, I don't, I don't have a gambling slip for under five and a half. I just their 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 Vegas total, where they were predicted in the preseason magazine, our magazine at Athlon Sports, and in the magazine and in the preseason media predictions, 
Yeah. They were predicted to be five or six wins and to be sixth place in the SEC. Like that, I just mean in general, that's where they were predicted to finish. They were not predicted to finish any any higher, really, than that. I have received. I'm sure somebody made, did. But. I made graphics for all those, and it was definitely Billy Napier's face with 5.5 next to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like an actual receipt? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do. Uh, so the, the the Tennessee bet is that it's it's going to be decided this weekend. You know that, right? Our and, our bet about Tennessee is going to be decided this weekend. Yep, and you were wrong again. Hey, how, if, they, how, <laughs> if they beat Missouri and Georgia, you will win the bottle of whiskey from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they lose to one of them, you will not. <laughs> I I like them then. There We've been go. collecting bourbon over here. We got five bottles this week. What? Oh yeah, what you got? Uh, we got, got. I got the. I got a Russell's ten year barrel pick. How about that? Let me grab it real fast. Sure. We got uh, Eagle Rare was the first one yeah, we got. Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare's all right. Russell, check that out. Check that out. And I actually, we, I actually got to go with the liquor store to go help pick it out and like do the tasting and stuff. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. This is yeah. spectacular. This is spectacular. And where's hey, that? Where's that come from? Uh, it's wild. It's you mean like the distillery? Yes, sir. It's from Wild Turkey. Russell's t- Russell's ten years from Wild Turkey, but um, okay. this this is a bar- private selection barrel pick you can only get at Sinker's Beverages in Nashville. <laughs> nice. Uh, then apparently Stoops has got some bourbon. They someone someone sent us that. I I graded it as a C bourbon. Well, Pey- Peyton Manning's got some bourbon too, and it's terrible. No, it's actually pretty good. But for two hundred twenty dollars, it's not no 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 the, the one they sent sent us. It I think it's oh, called like R R H something R B. I don't know. Stoops the Stoops stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, that's I, that dude likes him some bourbon, man. And, he, right. and you, if you're going to be the head, if you're going to be the winning as head coach in Kentucky history, you better be a a bourbon aficionado. Well, it's called RD. RD1 is what it's called. Yeah, I believe it. I bet you I bet you Stoops knows him some good bourbon. He likes him some bourbon at the end of the night. That's for sure. Bo says he'll send us some if we stop picking AM. <laughs> 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 I haven't picked AM in a while, man. I, I, Mississippi you know? State on the road, 19 point underdog outright on the show. I'll take anything. I'll take any brown water you got, Bo. You're picking Mississippi State? Yeah, well, Bo just told me to. He'll send me some whiskey if we, if we do. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, I think we're I think we're long overdue here. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out as usual uh, for all of Mike's ridiculous takes um, and all of my amazing takes. Uh, I've been right pretty much the whole season, so I bet that will continue. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks for listening to that SEC podcast, 440 Sports. We do appreciate you guys. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week.